0: Welcome to Back in Control Radio with
1: Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Daniel Atkins. He's an intuitive psychologist who helps people understand the lineages and layers of emotional trauma they carry. He acts as a bridge between the world of Western psychology and the intuitive spiritual realm. He teaches that trauma in all its forms is an opportunity to gain a deeper understanding of our human experience and teaches us how to clear a path to our highest selves. Welcome.
0: Thanks, Tom. Um, Dan, welcome to our podcast. And I'm excited about this podcast. Because I just was on his podcast last week and learned a lot of different things And he is a psychologist, I D. he's an intuitive psychologist and has gone through quite a journey himself from more of the traditional psychological approach. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. And then he went through a 10-year journey or so where he really transitioned into more of a broader spectrum um, spiritual role. And those of you that know my process know that the spiritual journey, regaining life perspective, play is actually the definitive solution, even though you can't just get there. So on this first podcast, I'm gonna just talk to Dan, his traditional views, sort of his journey and how we get to where he's at right now. And Daniel, you go by Dan, right? Or does it matter to you?
2: I introduce myself as Daniel these days, but plenty of people call me Dan, so it okay, really doesn't matter to me. Dan, okay. <laughs> it really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so, anyway,
0: Dan, we had the best time in the podcast that um, I was on yours, and I'm excited about today. So, um, Dan, where do you live?
2: Currently, I live in Pasadena, California.
0: And you just started your practice there, what, about a year ago or so?
2: Uh, you know, I have I transitioned to working predominantly virtually because of where my journey was leading. I was traveling a lot. I didn't know where I was going to live. So I do a lot of virtual work, but I also have been rooted here really just since August and um, creating some exciting in-person opportunities.
0: Great. So could you just share with us where you trained and what your traditional approach was and then how you evolved to where you are now? That's a big question. We'll break it up into parts. Of yeah, course. no but, uh Where did you train at?
2: So I went to uh, graduate school in Chicago where I lived for uh, over 10 years. I got my doctorate in clinical psychology at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. And I, from there, I'll I'll say that I trained in the modalities of psychoanalysis, which has evolved into more uh, psychodynamics and attachment theory. And then just became more generally trauma-focused uh, as I was learning about um, uh, the approach, the various approaches of trauma, the modern research around trauma, and really how I felt all, moda- all modalities were funneling into trauma-based work. And that started to expand me in the way that I was seeking uh, personally, because I was still experiencing a lot of sickness and um, emotional distress and things. That were, you know, I, w- I was carrying for for years and years in my nervous system, in my mind, in my conditioned beliefs. So I started to expand as I as I let trauma and my own understanding of it become a central focus. But I, I worked at a, a developmental clinic. Working, I'd worked with um, adolescents, uh, older adults, and then at this developmental clinic, which was. On my internship, I was working with very young kids and families, high conflict couples. It was, it was great. It was, uh, you know, and to this day, I enjoy working with a diverse range of people and couples and families. So that experience was invaluable. And in many ways, it was the peak of what I had, uh, the environment I wanted to train in, which was heavily psychodynamic and attachment focused. Right, but throughout that year and then into my postdoc when i um uh, I graduated and I passed the licensing exam, which was um like four months of grueling <laughs> studying and uh, abs- having to absorb a bunch of things that I don't find that important to be honest uh today but but going through that process, I recognized that I was still feeling stuck. I had achieved a lot of what I felt I set out to achieve in this graduate program and in my training and And at the clinic I was at, what had set me up for, you know, I I think a pretty nice career in clinical psychology. But after 10 years, I was still getting sick. I was still getting sick weekly. I was experiencing debilitating fatigue. I was um, nearly falling asleep at times in sessions. Like Something was wrong, um, but I had been so used to coping with it and white-knuckling it that you know, I, I I was, I had been over that time seeking out uh, various modalities to heal. Like I was very familiar with T- TMS work at that point. That's how I um, initially heard of you and your work. And I was on the listserv. I had wrote my dissertation about chronic fatigue syndrome. I was very involved, um, but there was still a lot that I hadn't been able to get free of. And it was at that point really out of desperation that I started, it it wasn't at that point exactly, but I had recommitted to exploring other modalities of healing. What, you know, what, go ahead.
0: So let me just back up for a second. So you traditional psychology, you were practicing for a while. So you said you were not feeling very good. So fatigue was one of your symptoms. Would you mind sharing some of your other symptoms that were happening about that time? Like anxiety? For sure. Well, so,
2: well, I'll I'll go back to the beginning like you know as a as a young child I was having um severe tantrums I like I I mean, my body was always so sensitive. I couldn't wear tags and shirts. I was severely dysregulated is how I would describe it. You know, in some ways, a lot of my symptoms in my early life paralleled like the autism spectrum because I was right. really, really hypersensitive. And that led to um, a slew of diagnoses as a young kid. I mean, ADHD, OCD, depression, anxiety, pretty much everything you could throw at a kid. I had it and I was really struggling. Well, um, and how and- did
0: that feel as a kid?
2: It didn't feel great. I felt felt pretty alienated and I still felt pretty misunderstood. You know, I think diagnoses sometimes provide that comfort and clarity for people, but it didn't for me because I still didn't feel seen. I knew that I was I was struggling and I got in trouble a lot as a kid because I couldn't pay attention in school and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of me personally, I internalized a lot of negative
0: feedback. Right. So I'm going to um, paraphrase here for a second because I really want to jump into what triggered your transition because that's that to me. I'm always searching. That's why I have you on the show is that something happened in you that made a massive transition as it did with me. So I'm going to paraphrase a couple things here, if you don't mind. So you're going along, you had lots of childhood adversity as far as symptoms and whatever. And then you went through traditional psychology, got really versed in it. Didn't seem to be helping very much. And I'm still not feeling very good. And and neither one of us are here to just not to get rid of traditional psychology. It certainly has a role for many people. And I'm sure you saw lots of successes, but there Uh is a whole level of what we call somatic based or trauma based therapy that we think is probably evolution psychology in general. So I don't know if you know my story. I was 17 different physical and mental symptoms. I was actively suicidal. I barely made it through, and that's how this whole doc journey started. But I also went to psychodynamic therapy for 13 solid years every week, sometimes twice a week, and I got way worse. And so what I now know is that my focus is on the problem, not on solutions. I was a dysregulated nervous system horribly. And I had no clues about how to regulate it, I didn't know it was just regulated, for goodness sake, I just thought that was life like you, I just white knuckled it. So I'm not here, it's not here about my journey, so I had a transition playlist and a light bulb clicked on and I started going in a different direction. And of course it evolves over many years, there's no real end point to it, so in summary you were in a lot of distress and you were well versed in psychology and it wasn't really helping like you wanted it to. Am I, do I have that down correctly?
2: Yes. Okay, um,
0: so something happened. So I'm just curious, some event happened or some little light bulb went on that you changed direction. So I'm curious about two things. One of them, what was that turning point that gave you some insight that maybe there's something different? And second thing is what we actually, how did the different journeys start? We'll talk about how it evolved in the second podcast, but I'm just curious that tipping point to me is the crux of the entire healing journey, because if I can't, you and I both tell if I can't get people at least be curious enough to engage, nothing really happens. So I'm curious for your personal journey. I mean, for me, it's a pure accident. I just got lucky. I'll just say that. But I'm just curious in your journey, what was that light bulb that went off to say, huh?
2: Yeah, I'll share what I perceive to be a couple light bulbs, but I'll also say that in retrospect, I see that everything in my life had led up to those light bulbs happening, you know, in my early life, being exposed to Buddhist philosophy and mindfulness meditation. And and, and there were several foundations set that when I was ready to acknowledge a transition, I was able to step into it. But I'll also say that in my exploration of, you know, what we may call, quote-unquote traditional therapy, because there's so many modalities, I was working with someone in a more um, psychoanalytic fashion, while also learning a lot about somatics, learning a lot about the nervous system, and laying the foundations for breath. So I was starting these foundations. Did
0: you say breath? For breath,
2: yeah, for using breath to regulate the body. And so um, I was starting to learn a lot of foundations that did ultimately inspire and support um, what I call the expansion into other modalities, but it came to a point when, actually, during uh, during COVID, I was still working with this therapist that I had been seeing for a few years, and and had uh, made some some interesting insights and developments. But I was still feeling pretty stuck. I was noticing a lot of frustration, and actually, some some rage was showing up uh, in terms of how this. Therapist, who honestly I love dearly, but I feel was only able to take me as far as they were willing to go in themselves. And, And it was a continuous heavy focus on my early life, on my relationship to, um, my parents, my mother, and all good stuff. But I was no, I was feeling very disempowered. And at that same time, I had been exposed to what I would call other modalities of energy medicine, a practice called uh spinal network analysis that actually helped align flow in the nervous system. Again, using Learning about breath and using those foundations of present focused awareness, but also experiencing out of desperation people with different ways of knowing people who called themselves clairvoyants and shamans and intuitives and I was just surrendering to these other healers, other people who had committed to the healing arts that were way outside of the traditional landscapes of medicine and psychology that I had felt stuck within for so long that these had been my primary authorities. And I was like, why don't I just open to some other people? And really, it was my mother who helped connect me with some of these voices. And so it was simultaneous frustration with the therapy I was in opening to these other voices who were able to speak to parts of me that it. it, Uh, in retrospect, it wasn't novel. I had heard about my fear conditioning and the doubt and things and the the readiness to change my lifestyle. But for some reason, hearing it from these other voices, probably because they were more empowering and tuned in to a source within me that I hadn't been listening to, it really just helped me take some leaps in my life and and the symptoms started to vanish.
0: And this is a horrible question. Well, you heard something. Okay, that's what I'm asking is that you're you're frustrated and I was the same thing I tried you know 13 years there's a lot of psychotherapy I mean it was pretty intense on getting better yeah. and again correct me if I'm wrong but the problem is you're focused on your childhood trauma I know every millimeter of it cold multiple times but your brain from a neuroplasticity standpoint is actually developing on the problem not the solution and so we're not doing very well in the medical world in mental health Yeah, we keep doing the same thing we're sort of um patronizing towards the view you just pointed out, but it has been around for centuries, many centuries, and it's is it's remained intact for a reason because it actually works. Now we know the physiology of breath work, for instance, it stimulates the vagus nerve, which is anti-inflammatory. So the neuroscience of the last 10 years is completely validating what we call Eastern medicine. But it's actually more traditional and more effective than what we call mainstream medicine, which has no data. I mean, I rant about this a lot, so this—I don't want to get too far off on this one. But what you and I are talking about, mainstream medicine looks at. Well, what are you guys talking about? Well, the neuroscience is actually there. There's actually more neuroscience what we're doing than it is on what they're doing. So you heard something that um, a voice said. Okay. Because it's a big stretch. I mean, you're traditionally trained and you talk about the sort of bigger. Perspectives, it big leap. And I tried all <laughs> that, too. But I was curious if and maybe you can't put it into words what I'm looking for.
2: Yeah, well, I'll say that I think there's more overlap than we think. I don't like to um, paint us first, them boxes, because the truth is, is that a lot of traditionally trained psychologists are attempting to use nervous system and safety language. But in the dynamic that I was stuck in, which was still very intellectual and heady and focused, even though we were talking about nervous system language, it was, there was, I've still felt so much pressure to analyze my life in a way that was keeping me stuck. And I needed, and actually leaving that therapy was one of the most empowering things I was able to do for myself because it was a reenactment of, of my relationship with other authority figures and my freedom to start listening to other voices, to other people that maybe, um, would maybe be um, frowned upon by my peers or supervisors What was another source of freedom and power. And so taking those leaps actually allowed me to start to hear, start to recognize the ways I'd been living in fear. So I, I started to integrate nervous system Uh, safety language in a way that was very sort of near to my experience like I was recognizing how I was still people pleasing a lot still striving for so much validation and the need to be good enough so when I started working with people who would call themselves intuitive were very powerful figures in their own right I would say it it sparked something in me that was like i don't need to do it this way anymore i don't need to study for these exams and continue to get certifications even after i was already had a degree and but in those traditional circles there's this idea that it's like never enough that you still, you know, I was working with a therapist in her seventies and she was still getting trained. and, And that's great. You know, I'm a lifelong learner too, but there's this sense of like, not enough, not enough, still need to be reading all the research. And, and I, I needed the, I needed the permission and the freedom to start pursuing my own path. And that allowed me to recognize the fear conditioning that was maintaining my symptoms in a more embodied and integrated way than I'd ever, been able to experience in therapy so that really was a huge shift for me at that time and you know it's it's an ebb and flow I would still start to get flare-ups but I had a much different perspective I had a more spiritual framework that that my nervous system was upgrading that I was able to teach the body how to heal and that I wasn't just because symptoms were flaring up didn't mean that I was quote unquote, sick. And I could recognize the attachment of emotions like despair and hopelessness and start to work with it. I also changed a lot about my lifestyle because I was very motivated to do so at
0: that time. That's fantastic. So interestingly enough, there's a paper out of Austin, Texas by Dr. Robert Danzer published in 2018 on resilience. And we now know that chronic pain, mental and physical, is a chronic threat physiology you know, you're under sustained fight or flight versus safety. And so one of the things that actually lowers inflammatory markers is um, a sense of control. So a sense of control, um, community, a positive effect, and, and just a positive movement forward, all those actually lower inflammatory markers. Hope is another one. So I want to jump to today. So how's your life now?
2: My life is amazing now. It's you know the the leaps that I took then, which were the biggest leaps that I'd really taken in my life, which were sort of uh, being seeing that I could potentially heal because because the parallels to that healing physical journey also paralleled my early life distress, and it was actually seeing that I could live a life that wasn't filled with depression and anxiety even more, which was more miraculous than the, even the idea of healing pain. So today you know, the healing has taken place on so such a deeply rooted level, not just do I not experience those symptoms anymore, I have no connection to that diagnosis, but I also don't experience the same um, protections that I would call against my emotional experience that would manifest in depression and anxiety, I I really don't experience that I, I certainly have the range of emotions, and I continue to heal. But there's so much freedom in what I would call my Body mind or my mind body experience that I've been able to take such greater leaps and see the possibilities for my life. I left where I'd been living in Chicago. I I traveled across the country. I I'm currently in in California. The way that I work is so much more expansive, and also the way that I live is so much more expansive. So it's it's a completely uh, it, it it was a completely uprooting of everything I'd been conditioned to experience and believe.
0: Well, it's fascinating because there's a, there is another study out of ucla by dr steve cole that shows that if you are living a self-centered life your inflammatory markers go way up and of course in chronic pain you're trying to solve your own problems understandably so and if you live life in a sense of connection and purpose and compassion your inflammatory your inflammatory markers go straight down it's not like two slopes on a graph one goes straight up one goes straight down so how long has it been since this major shift took did did the shift take place relatively quickly or is it more like six to 12 months I mean when did all this happen
2: there was so much that I was learning you know let's say during my graduate training and and explore and and learning about TMS and connecting with the TMS community and so those were important parts of sort of let's say that 10-year journey where I was still and getting percentages better but then at that that sort of those higher percentages where i was still getting sick a lot um which i didn't even answer i think one of your questions it it in the beginning it felt like i had covid every day to be quite honest okay. and then but it would change so much so that's why i had no attachment to the to the label of the disorder because you know i started i started experiencing so many di- you know just full body pain muscle weakness like all kinds of things but at that later stage like let's say when i was at my Clinic, it, it almost felt like I was repeatedly getting the flu but I knew I knew I wasn't sick and so that was about uh two two years ago uh now and it it did happen relative you know within the the context of my journey it happened very quickly I, I just I reached a point of readiness where there were these modalities that I was ready to experience sort of all at once I took big leaps which ultimately led me to, Uh, Leaving my clinic, starting my own kind of practice and working with people in a different way. And so it all culminated pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about working with Dan going forward because that's what I see happen. People get very frustrated. They try and they try and they try and they sort of give up and all of a sudden, bam, they're free. And the the other thing that happens once people break out, there's of course lots of ups and downs. You relapse back and forth, back and forth. But in general, you honestly can't go backwards because you own it from the beginning. So what happens? People's lives continue to expand, expand, and expand, and so really, my transition occurred about two thousand and three, and I can't even put into words how my life's changed since then. But the fun part about owning it yourself from the beginning, getting control, making your own decisions, is that it's inside you. It continues to expand, and that's what's so exciting about this whole project is that um, it does expand. I'm well, also excited in your situation. Not that I'm happy you went through your tough experience um I'm not very happy about mine by the way but I'm very, very I'm grateful, grateful.
2: I'm grateful for it I'm very grateful for it I know you're
0: better we talked about this you're a better person than I am <laughs> <laughs> I just not so happy about losing 15 years of my life to this thing but nonetheless I'm extremely grateful is able to get through it in a way with the background allowing well. me mean, to keep putting pieces together and but what I'm excited about you is that you've been through it at a very deep level and it allows you in your own style in my style you have your style But at the end of the day, you have your own tools to help people feel safe and move forward. And most, when I I give lectures to groups of physicians, um, I ask them, how many of you enjoy treating chronic pain? I'm sorry, the data shows only 20% of physicians are comfortable managing chronic pain, less than 1% enjoy it. When we ask physicians in the group, in the audience, about how many of you are enjoying treating patients in chronic pain, essentially nobody raises their hand. You and know, I both know that taking people without any hope and giving them a li- allowing them to take their life back is unbelievably rewarding and inspiring and energizing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Sure. So I'm excited that you've been through it and, and how the approach that you have. Um. So Dan, if we'll put this on the show notes, but um, the second podcast we're going to talk really more about your approach and why the spiritual journey is so effective. And really, there's a lot of neuroscience behind that. But um, how do we access your services?
2: So the best way to reach me would probably be through my website at drdanielatkins.com. I also have an Instagram at drdaniel underscore Atkins and um, and a podcast as well. But you can find all that stuff on the website or or the Instagram.
0: And, and your your resources include individual coaching do you do group coaching also or mostly individual coaching
2: yeah so i work with individuals and groups i do workshop i lead um work, group workshops but i'm also developing some um longer courses as well so yeah both individual and group work
0: okay great and then you, just to, the final thing you also do online work and you can actually do that across state lines also correct
2: Yeah, I don't, I'm not bound. I'm free of a lot of boxes, so I'm not bound by a lot of the state licensure laws because I work technically as a consultant or coach. So um, I work with anyone in the world.
0: Great. Fantastic. Um, Dan, thank you. Any final words to the audience today? And I really appreciate you speaking on our podcast today.
2: All I'll say is if you are at a place of readiness to hear this and you have been feeling disempowered and you have been feeling hopeless and your journey has been long. Trust practice, trusting that there is a way that there is a way to create some movement, to create some flow and to see more possibilities than you see today.
0: Well, Dan, thank you. Thank you.
1: I'd like to thank our guest Daniel Atkins, for being on the show today and for sharing his personal story of healing and how to influence the approach he uses with clients today in his practice. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for
0: listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.